Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Deb with uh, Media Night Radio. As everyone knows, uh, I have a legend, Gloria Loring, with me today. Um, and she's back to talk about her new project, Heavenly. A consummate singer and entertainer, Gloria Loring is the recording artist of the number one hit song, Friends and Lovers, co-composer of television theme songs for Different Strokes and The Facts of Life, an audience favorite from daytime TV's Days of Our Lives, spokesperson for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, the author of seven books, a keynote speaker, one of the few artists to sing two nominated songs at the Academy Awards, and is the mother of worldwide singing sensation, Robin Thicke. Gloria will be on to talk about her new film, Heavenly, and we want to welcome this dynamic woman to our airwaves, Gloria Loring. Hi, Gloria. <laughs> Hi there. Um, okay, I'm still stuck on legend. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, we'll just let that slide. I'm not. I'm not going to confront you on legend. Okay, I, I. I would not bill myself as a legend, but I. I would say I've been very lucky. I. I had some talent. I have some talent. I've developed it, and I've been most blessed along the way to have so many opportunities to express myself. So uh, it's it's been a, it's been a good life so far, and I plan on having some more fun. And part of that fun is this new film. Absolutely, and speaking of your new film, it it looks extremely interesting. What was it that drew you to this project? Well, I have to tell you, you know about my book that came out last year, Coincidence with God's Way of Remaining Anonymous, which is titled with a quote by Albert Einstein. And I was was here at home, and I was working on some things, and I was writing my column for Soap Opera Digest, How to Drop the Drama, and I walked in to get a cup of tea, and I thought, you know what, I really, my manager and I had been talking about it, and I I really want to do some acting again. I haven't done any acting in a while. I just think that would be so much fun. And I, I went to the mail. Uh, we, we are rural. I live up in the mountains, so we have to go to the mail post office to get our mail. So I went there, and there was a package in there, a large envelope. And it was from this fellow, um, John. And John had married my assistant, Liz. Uh-huh. Uh, she was my assistant 12 years ago. And I think I've seen them at the grocery store maybe once. And I knew John um, having, I mean, he was like fresh out of high school, you know. And, um, and, and Liz was too. And she made jewelry and he did some photography. And now all these years later, I get in the mail from him the day after I said, I want to do some more acting. I get a script that he said he had written with me in mind that the story idea came to him and he thought of who would be perfect to play this. And now this script comes. And I read it and I thought, this is really fascinating. And then, interestingly enough, two days later, I got a call to do a play uh, down in Palm Springs at the Annenberg Theater with Mo Gaffney and Kathy Rigby and some wonderful actresses written by um, Nora and Delia Efron, who wrote Sleepless in Seattle, etc. So I got to go do a com- comedic play, have a great time doing that, and, and then this film. 
And um, so, you know, they're they're working on fundraising for this film, so that's why we're talking about it. But the film is actually the story is, and I don't want to give it away because it's sort of the the reveal surprise at the very end of the movie, what's actually going on. Um, but it's drawn from the headlines. There was a woman who was in the headlines for this sort of thing and um, got arrested, et cetera, et cetera. And he started thinking about that story and how that might have come into being and who might be the other players in that story. And I actually play um, this woman's mother, and um, I have a... um, I, I would say just an occasional drinking problem. It's not a problem for me. It sometimes is for other people. And um, and I use drugs whenever I need them. I, you know, I'm justifying for myself as, as the character. Um, and what I do like about this character is she's a survivor. And in spite of having these difficulties and these uh, uh, addictions that sometimes take her over the edge, she's still functioning. She's still making her way in the world. And she has figured out, um, she started out by trying to make some money with Mary Kay. And, you know, you have to buy a lot of product and spend a lot of money. And she was selling it and it was doing all right. But the women were talking about getting Botox injections while she was doing her Mary Kay parties. And she thought, hmm, why couldn't I learn to do that? And so she has a supplier down in Mexico. She goes down and she gets illegal Botox and she gives injections at these supposed under the cover of a Mary Kay representative and she says oh well i can give you botox you know that'll really make you look great and um and it's about her this one particular day where she comes to her daughter's house and her daughter is having her bible study class (laughs) and mama shows up purposely early to try to you know uh, dredge up a few new clients and uh, her daughter is just so aggravated with her and uh, it's just the whole unfolding and it's you know it's about families and habits and patterns of of um, love hate forgiveness acceptance you know how one person may really seem to be a bad guy the person who's causing all the problems when indeed there's someone else who's an accomplice and just as guilty in their own way so it's really it's it's really multi-layered and i think very well written and johnny and tim his co-producer and co-writer are very talented young young filmmakers and uh, we're going to actually all go down on the 17th of june to the palm springs fort uh, it's called short fest and it's a short film festival um, and if you get accepted to that film festival, uh, you can then qualify to be um, considered for an Academy Award nomination in the short film category. Okay. So we're going to go down there. And uh, But right now they have to raise the money, and they're a little bit away on, on that journey uh, on Indiegogo, but um, there's still a ways to go. So we're talking about it, and uh, it's, it's going to get done. There's absolutely no doubt. I love this film. I went out and bought a fabulous wig for my character. Uh, she's going to be kind of brunette with blonde streaks and big gold hoop earrings. And, you know, she just oh, yeah. she has to get dressed up and show everybody she's fabulous. <laughs> I love it. When, when you take on a role like this, Gloria, what are the preparations that you go through? Because there's pill popping, there's, um, you know, she's, she's an eccentric woman. Do you, how much research do you have to do? Well, 
Um, I, I went and uh, I know a doctor who gives, I've gotten a little bit of Botox a couple times, and I went and he invited me to watch him inject his wife because she wanted some. Oh. And he gave me a couple, uh, a couple of empty bottles of Botox, so we had the appropriate looking bottles. And he sh- did the whole process. He showed me exactly how you fill the syringe, exactly how you mark the skin, how you decide how you use the alcohol swab. He showed me everything that he does. So I took notes. So that was part of this because, you know, I I, I figure that if she's making a living at this and earning money, she's got to have repeat clients. So she's got to be good at this. Um, So I figure she studied this and and, uh, figured out how to do it pretty well. Um, I don't need to do as much, although I'm going to try to attend a Mary Kay party just to get a feeling of that. But I, 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 I... once went to an Avon party, and you know, I know what it's the makeup, and you all try it on, and you get excited, and there's a flurry of activity, and you kind of get pulled into, oh, I'll buy this, 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 and this, you know, because everybody's buying. And so right. I kind of got that, but I'm not conducting a Mary Kay party, but I, I have a sense of what that would be about. Um, I have taken um, in in the film, she takes a couple of Norco, and. Um, I I have, of course, I've had some surgeries and some tooth things, and you know, so I have taken some um, uh, painkillers at times. I don't like them, and I don't take them for very long, one day at most. Uh, right. I don't like that feeling. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't like not knowing where my body is. <laughs> but but I I have experience with that. So um, I don't think I don't have to go out and take Norco in order to understand what that would be about. And she takes it toward the end, and she she gets a little tiny bit woozy, and you know, there's it's not a big deal. It kind of loosens her up, um, and you know, so I, I understand that. And she doesn't actually drink at all, although she asks for a drink. So you 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 know you you do these things that that deal with the reality of of physicalizations that you may need to do. And then the, the deeper work is aligning your, your being, finding the meaning in the text, everything she says. What does that mean? What does that bring to mind? Where does that come from? And how do I bring a part of my own life? Because in truth, there's nothing that anyone has felt or thought or said on, in one way or another that almost all of us haven't thought or said or That's felt. True. You know, we've all felt betrayal, we've all felt humiliation, we've all felt rage, we've all felt revenge, we've all felt joy, we've all felt love. And um, Johnny, my character, uh, has some of all of those notes in this little mm-hmm. short 12-minute film. Um, so you, you really, you, you just start with the text. Um, you don't have to... I find that you don't have to create a character, that the character emerges from the situations, the relationships, um, from you finding the way she dresses, how it feels in her body to to have that feeling. Um, I actually teach in workshops um, a a process called Hold It Lines. Um, I do a How to Drop the Drama workshop. And um, actually, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to be doing one of my workshops um, on June 15th. I'll tell you that in a minute. Um, but uh, I do a How to Drop the Drama workshop, and I, I talk to people about hold-it lines. In psychology, 
hold it lines um, have another way of uh, naming themselves, and that is they're called personal myths. And these are ideas that we gather about ourselves along the way. Um, I'm fat or I'm ugly, and you know, and maybe you weighed 120 pounds at the time, you know, but but you you felt like you were fat because somebody said, "Ooh, right. your stomach sticks out," and then you go, "Oh, I'm fat." And then since you're fat anyway, you can just eat and eat and eat and comfort yourself, and now you're 160 pounds. You know, and then you become a self-fulfilling prophecy, or nothing I good is I do is good enough. So then you don't try hard enough, or oh well, I'll fail right. anyway. So you keep sabotaging yourself in life. And these are these many times default settings that are put inside of us. Um, now in acting, they're called hold it lines. And they are ideas that the character has about herself um, that play out in the script that we see manifested on the screen. Um, and a great example of it is in The Rainmaker. Remember that with Burt Lancaster and Catherine Hepburn? Yes. And how they've had this drought and this, this um, supposed charlatan comes to town and uh, he's going to make rain, and you pay him, and he's going to do whatever he does, and he's going to draw the rain. And Catherine Hepburn um, has the idea, this hold it line, this personal myth, that I'm not pretty. That's, that's how it's stated for her, oh, well, I'm not pretty. And at one point, he, she is sitting with him, and he says, but you are. You're very pretty. And nobody's ever told her that. And you see, because she believes I'm not pretty, there's a whole cascade of thoughts and ideas and a future that um, unfolds in front of her imagination, which is, well, I'm not pretty, therefore nobody will want to marry me, therefore I won't have children, therefore I'll just stay home and be an old maid, therefore my future is limited, therefore, you know, I better, I, you know, why try, there's no point. You see, so this cascade of unfoldings, um, comes from many times this one idea that we will gather. And so in that moment when she's with Burt Lancaster, he says, but you're, you are pretty, in so many words. And, and he says it again, and he starts to get her attention, and, and you see her start to awaken to the idea, I'm pretty, <gasps> I'm pretty. And you see her start to almost blossom like a flower. Right. And in that moment... You see the shift from who she has been for all of this film, which is, well, I'll just stay in the background. It's all about my brothers and my father, and, you know, I'm not pretty. I'm just here to cook the meals and serve everybody else. And and it's not that by the end of the film she's married and she's, you know what I mean, any of that. Right. It's just that she's changed. Something has changed in her. Right. And part of the, the preparation for me is finding out what what are what is that one or – what are those two core beliefs that propel this character forward? And how, by the end of this little film, has this character shifted? How has she grown? How has she changed? Because that's what makes films fascinating, yes. is to watch character development. Um, I saw a film last year, which will remain nameless. And it was all about somebody struggle, 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 struggle. And at the end, they were struggling just as much as they were at the beginning. Nothing had changed. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. was, I was almost angry. It's like, mm-hmm. how could you expect me? I, I want to see something happen. And, and sometimes the happening is only on the inside. It's not like somebody gets a gun and, you know, all those kind of films. But right. the most fascinating films are the ones where somebody grows and changes and learns. And you see them 
in a different place and a different heart set or mindset by the end of the film. And that's what I'm I'm going to, you know, work on finding with Johnny um, in in this film with her and her daughter Joy, Johnny and Joy. And the daughter, the the granddaughter, is named Heavenly, and she's eight. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why it's called Heavenly. That it's it's about the the mother's relationship with her daughter, the grandmother's relationship with the with the granddaughter, etc., and how that all plays out in this uh, this unfolding uh, mystery that we su- get surprised with at the end. It's really going to be a good film, and he's going to shoot it in black and white. So yes. that feel, isn't that fun? So it feels like. An, an older film, something we've mm-hmm. seen, you know, f- from a long time ago. And I love, um, he is a photographer, and um, his his co-writer, Tim Turner, um, is uh, an architect. And so mm-hmm. they have this sense of line and form and depth of field and all of that that they really want to bring to this film. And I just, I think it's going to be, a, a really good little film, and I'm really Absolutely. excited to be in it. So I'm hoping that um, more and more folks will decide to uh, to pitch in. I mean, I, you know, I think it starts at like $25, and for $25 um, you'd be a supporter and you get to download the film and, you know, all the way up to like 5000 or something, you know, if you want to be a right. co-producer kind of thing or an associate producer. So uh, lots of opportunities for for participation so i think it's going to be great fun absolutely absolutely as you were as you were mentioning it is shot in black and white which is a lost art and it's so beautiful to see in film and how do you think that will change the look of the film and and affect the audience uh with the feel from the storyline do you think that will make a difference well, it will make it different, absolutely. Of course, how different? You'd have to see it in color and then see it in black and white and make your own decision. But there's something so structural, so lean about black and white. It, it you know, the, the lighting and the, the forms become so important. Placement becomes, we don't have anything to, we don't have the color to distract us. Right. From, uh, I, I think it, it will be very interesting. Um, you know, we think of those old, those gorgeous old black and white photos of Marlena Dietrich and, and you know, people like that and mm-hmm. the way the lighting was and how everything was arranged. And there's a, what I want, I, I just, there's an architecture to it that right. I think can be very, very fascinating, visually fascinating, and also help us focus more. Um, that has the potential to do that. Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, what um, Will you be lending your singing voice to this film at all? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I think they had a, an idea for a certain kind of piece of music they were going to use for this, um, a kind of music, and they even have one or two pieces picked out they're going to experiment with. So I don't uh, know. My, my character doesn't sing. Uh, I don't think I sing anywhere, and I don't remember that about the script. <laughs> um, but, but but that's all fine. You know, um, 
I'm actually uh, trying to get back into the studio to finish up a couple more songs because I'll have six done then, and I think I'll put out um, put on iTunes just a direct download sort of thing, some new music. I've got some beautiful songs we've recorded that um, really enticing that I think people will love. So I just, but I want to get two more done. So I've got I've got four, and I want to get get up to six, and then I feel like like uh, I'll have something to put out there. Oh, wonderful. Now, besides all of this, what is next for you? Are you are you forging back into acting? Are you uh, writing another book, like a like a sequel to Coincidence? Um, what's going on with you? Well, in a way, yeah, I'm I I'm kind of gearing toward getting the next book done, and it'll be called Lessons from a Soap Opera: How to Drop the Drama. It's something I've been teaching and learning and sharing and doing workshops with and um, and writing the column also. So I, I feel like it's probably time to just sit my butt in the chair and get that done. <laughs> well, well there's, there, there isn't something else to, to, to distract my attention. I mean, I've got the film, but that will only be a couple of weeks of work, and, uh, and I've got a couple of potential singing things coming up. And, and right now, um, acting is very, very quiet until about August when they start gearing up for the fall shows. So everybody's kind of away and nothing much is going on. But but I'm hoping that something further comes out of the Nora Ephron play we did. Um, We had some interest in taking it some other places, and um, I had an idea for a theater project that my director from the Nora Ephron, uh, Tony, um, is very interested in developing, and she's written screenplays and had great success. So um, she's working on some research to kind of get into it and see what there is there. And uh, so, you know, we're kind of just playing and being creative and having a great life. And I live up in the mountains, and it's just gorgeous weather right now. And yeah. uh, i got fishies in my pond and a beautiful backyard with tons of roses. And so, I mean, there's a part of me that wants to work, 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 and there's another part of me like, God, I love my home. Right. I love being here. And I, I get down to L.A. to see um, to see Robin and Julian, and I and I see Tyler, um, my other grandson, and Robin. Uh, Robin Thick, for those of you who heard her mention this at the beginning. Uh, oh God, somebody's at the front door. All right, well they'll figure it out. Um, I have no idea who's at the front door. <laughs> Anyway, we'll, we'll wrap it up in a minute. Anyway, Robin has a brand-new album that's coming out in about three weeks. It's oh, amazing. You have to hear this. Absolutely. It's amazing. It's all written out of everything he and Paula have been through, and she approves of it, and it's Aww. going to be fabulous. So, yeah, so lots of good stuff. So we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. And I'll let you know about the next fabulous project. So everybody go to Indiegogo and look up the project Heavenly, and please help support us, and um, we'll just continue to make our way. Um, I guess the fundraising was supposed to be over yesterday, but I think they've extended it, but we'll see, or they'll put it back up again, and you know, because we're going to get this film made. It's too good not to be made. So Absolutely. Now, what's going on on June 15th that you were going to mention? Oh, yes, 
yes, thank you. I will be at Unity of Ventura, Unity Church in Ventura. I don't have the okay. address, but you can look it up, Unity of Ventura. I'll okay. be singing at their service, and then I'm giving my workshop, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. So you can contact the church calendar, find out you know where they hold it, all of that, and maybe we'll see a couple people up in Ventura. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Gloria, for spending this time with us. It's always fascinating with you, and uh, we will uh, we'll stay in touch. All right, dear girl. Take care. You have a good day. You, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This will conclude our interview with Gloria Loring. Have a wonderful day.